The following program is created for informational purposes only and does not constitute as medical advice. The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the host. If you think you may have a medical emergency, consult your doctor. This is where the healing begins. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic, where it's not only about neck and back pain, but a place for whole body wellness. Listen this hour as Dr. Leanne is here to share her wellness education to help you live a maximized life. For more information, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Here's Dr. Leanne. Good morning. Thanks for joining. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always check us out online at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your first appointment. Today, we are talking about some of the broken aspects of our health care system. Health insurance is one of them. I need to touch base. I just, you know, and by health insurance, I mean sick insurance. And I feel as if some people have turned the corner to realize that it isn't just about health Um, But I I do want to dive into that. There's just so, you know, today is going to be a day of research your research. I want you to know more. I want you to really think outside the box. What we've been told is one. And I'm sure within that lies some truths. But I get to see a lot more of behinds. And so that is what today is about, about showing you a little bit of behind the scenes and what happens in terms of healthcare, of things that you might not be privy to, so that when you come to face that decision of making a healthcare decision, whether it be for you, a loved one, family member, you can kind of have this just thought, like a feather in your cap, if you will. <laughs> like, I want you to have it in your back pocket so that you can think about these when you make these decisions. I will always tell people, um, we are not anti-medicine. 100%, we are not anti-medicine. I am about pro-education. My goal is to educate you so that you can make the best decision for your health. I, I said this to someone more recently. As an adult, like I'm an adult, and the average person who comes into my office is also an adult. If not, they have an adult that's present with them. And the worst thing that I can think of is that if I, as an adult, tell you, as an adult, what you should do for your health. Here's what you need to do. This, this, and this. Well, why? What are my other options? And so my goal is always to educate you. My goal is to educate you so that you can make the best decision in terms of your health, right? The best decision that you can make is an educated one. It doesn't mean that you have to agree with me by any means. I would say, though, most of the time, 
When people come to me and they say, I regret that decision, one of the first you know, things that we'll talk about is how educated was that decision? And they say, well, this is just what they told me to do to be well or to get better. Or, And I'm like, man, education is so key. So we're going to dive down into that today. But before that... Dr. Leanne's Health News. Some studies suggest that too much sugar can literally mess with the brain. Health News now, one of the world's most commonly prescribed medications. Today, the average American consumes 22 teaspoons of sugar a day. Protesters say they just should not be forced to get this shot, not by the government. So for today's health in the news, I need you to bear with me because when I read this, I knew in my heart that this would likely be a research, your research. So if you're just tuning in, you think, oh my gosh, that Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic has lost her mind. I know I haven't. We'll dive down more into this, but, um, and here we go. Eating vegetables, this is the name of the article, eating vegetables won't protect your heart, study says, but but critics disagree. So they go on to talk about eating a plant-based diet has been shown to be very good for your heart and your overall health, as well as that of the planet. In fact, a recent study found a young person could live an additional 13 years by eating more vegetables and legumes, beans, as well as whole grains, fruits, and nuts. Which makes the finding of a new analysis of the diets of nearly 300,000 UK adults published just this past week in the Journal of Frontiers in Nutrition rather startling. It found eating vegetables, especially cooked ones, doesn't reduce your risk of heart disease over time. They said our large study did not find evidence for protective effect of vegetable intake on the occurrence of cardiovascular disease, said one of the epidemiologists that were part of the study. While the study found eating raw vegetables could help protect against heart disease, cooked vegetables did not. Any benefit went away when researcher factored in lifestyle such as physical activity, education levels, smoking, drinking, fruit intake, red and processed meat consumption, and the use of minerals and vitamin supplements. They said, instead, our analyses showed that the seemingly protective effects of vegetable intake against cardiovascular disease is very likely to be accounted by, for by biased, related to difference in socioeconomic situations and lifestyle. Um, they said, but don't start celebrating yet if you hate vegetables. Experts in the UK and the United States quickly took exception to this study's conclusion. Although this study found that eating more vegetables wasn't associated with a lower risk of heart disease and circulatory disease, once other lifestyle and other factors were taken into account, that doesn't mean we should stop eating vegetables. Duh, any right-minded person would think that. They go on to talk about there's good evidence that eating veg- foods that are rich in fiber, such as vegetables, can help lower weight, improve levels of risk factor known to cause heart disease. Um, The study used data from the UK Biobank, a longitudinal study of nearly half of a million UK adults designed to investigate how genetics and environmental contributed to many common diseases. People were asked at the beginning of the study how many wrong cooked vegetables they ate and then followed for over 10 years to see if they developed heart disease. 
On average, people in the UK study reported eating an average of five, oh boy, of five tablespoons of vegetables each day. You guys know what a tablespoon is? Oh boy. Um, that is only 71 grams or one third of a cup. About two and a half tablespoons were raw vegetables and the other three were cooked. What? That's lit. Or, that's like saying you had three baby carrots. And what's two tablespoons, three tablespoons of cooked vegetable? This is wild. That's so little. <laughs> Someone agrees with me. American College of Cardiology, Nutrition, and Lifestyle Working Group, uh, Dr. Andrew Freeman. Dietary guidelines in the UK call for five portions of fruits and vegetables a day, with each portion being about 80 grams or one cup. For a total of five cups a day, people are getting less than one serving. There's a, there's a ton of tablespoons. <laughs> so the question is, if these people in the study were eating such a very small amount of vegetables, what else are they eating and how much did they confound these results, right? Like if you're not eating, they're saying, oh, eating vegetables doesn't reduce cardiovascular risk. But like if you're not eating vegetables, what are you doing? Like what are you eating? Sugary snacks, Um People who don't eat vegetables need to eat something else. And when estimating the health effects of eating vegetables, it's important to consider what they replace, which is interesting, right? So this whole thing about this study is just one of those. You're like, okay, we look at the numbers and you're like, oh my gosh, almost half of a million people. So the first thing I did, I'm like, I don't know about this. I clicked on the the actual um, the actual research study. Like I want to look at all of it, right? And so they... They looked the conclusion, all the data. And so there's an ethics statement. There's an author's contribution. There's conflict of interest, right? So I looked and I'm like, I wonder what the conflict of interest is. And it said the author declared that the research was conducted in the absence of any commercial or financial relationship that could be construed as potential conflict of interest. So I'm like, hmm, interesting, because I really think that most of the studies that I've seen, you know, and they said uh, sugary sodas don't attribute to childhood obesity I remember that was a study um and it was uh like a big university had done this study and I went to see who funded it and it was like Pepsi or Coke so I'm like of course (laughs) like of course that's who funded it and then like two years later they um they retracted all of it and they said oh yeah we're really sorry that that wasn't good information so I went to see who funded this one And this research was funded in whole by Wellcome Trust. So I was like, oh, I wonder who Wellcome Trust is. Let's dive. Let's research our research. Wellcome Trust is a charitable foundation focused on health-based research in London uh, in the United Kingdom. It was established in 1936 with legacies from a pharmaceutical gentleman, Henry Wellcome. Welcome spelled with two L's if you want to look it up. He was founder of one of the predecessors of GlaxoSmithKline. Scroll down a little bit more. We look uh, in 1995, there was this trust and they're like, hey, we're going to sell all of our remaining stock to Glaxo. And then in 2000, the Welcome name disappeared from the drug business altogether when Glaxo Welcome merged with SmithKline Beecham to form GlaxoSmithKline. Do you guys know what GlaxoSmithKline is? It is a pharmaceutical company located in London, England. Yep. So basically, GlaxoSmithKline 
who has this trust of funding for health research, which is the welcome, <laughs> found that eating vegetables won't protect you from cardiovascular disease. Does anyone see a problem when they say, hey, this drug company funded this research and they found that eating vegetables has no cardiovascular benefit at all? Like, huh? Serious? So... <laughs> Sometimes you look at these studies and that and that the reason why I dug into it is because of the absurdity of that. When you look at overtime, research study after research study, decade after decade that shows eating heart health fruit and vegetables is has phenomenal benefits in terms of heart health. But if you have a drug company that right, if you don't have cardiovascular disease, how do they make money? Don't eat fruits and vegetables. It don't even doesn't protect your health anyway. Research your research. When we come back, broken systems of healthcare. You're listening to Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne. We're online with life changing results and success stories at GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. This is Maximize Your Life with Dr. Leanne of Greenwood Family Chiropractic. For more information and to schedule an appointment, visit GreenwoodFamilyChiropractic.com. Welcome back. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter with Greenwood Family Chiropractic. 317-893-2853. 317-893-2853. Or you can always go online to schedule your appointment at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. Now, today talking about, you know, expectations of healthcare systems and how... I think educating and being more privy to these things allows you to make better decisions. I've said it once, I'll say it a million times. I have never and will never be anti-medicine. I 100% believe that there is a time and a place for it. And I am so incredibly appreciative for those things when they happen, right? But that being said, we've had a lot of people who are in just healthcare, nurses, doctors. And when you ask them of these disease processes that you see in there, how many of them do you believe to be preventable? And most of them will say 95%, right? If they did things differently in their life, then things would be different. And so, yeah, it's just one when we look at what we're doing and why we're doing it. There is there's actually reason to all of this. There is reason. Um, so one thing I, I want to share, which I always think is super interesting. Um, so we're in and out of network with different insurance companies. Um, but it's always so interesting because people say, well, I checked. I checked my insurance and I get 12 visits a year or I get 20 visits a year. Um and they, they may, they may get 12 or 20 visits, but they're not, they're not free visits. 
there's a caveat to those visits. It's not free. <laughs> People are like, really? Well, the person on the phone, and you're like, if you look at sheer numbers, you know, the average person, there's a provider line and then there's a member line. The uh, individuals who work in provider services typically are there longer than those who work in member services. Um I have some intel about Blue Cross and Blue Shield and for their member services, the turnaround time for those people is less than 90 days. So when they're like, well, they said, I'm like, I understand that. But what they said doesn't necessarily vote as true. So you might have a deductible, which is what we see most of now. Like you have to pay $1,500 out of pocket. And even now, $1,500 for an individual deductible is considered low. I'll never, I'll never forget <laughs> um, I'm like, are you an alien? My husband, uh, when he turned 18, joined the military. And he was, you know, he's currently had six, six tours, five active, um, one reserves, one of them was a Mew, like, so four combat tours, like, just... So he got into the reserves after he was in for about 16 years, 15. Oh my gosh, I don't even remember. It doesn't matter. Anyways, so as he's like transitioning out, I'm like, are you going to stay in the reserves? Which I just told you he is. But he was like, I don't know. And I was like, well, insurance is something that you can look at. And he was like, well, we can get insurance. And I'm like, well, here, do you know how insurance works? And he's like, no. I'm like, well, imagine there's us and we have a couple kids at that time, then you know, it's probably going to be conservatively three or $400 a month for us to have insurance. And let's say it's a $1,500 deductible. He's like, well, we would meet our deductible in a couple months. I'm like, oh no, the monthly premiums just pay for you to have the policy. You don't actually, it doesn't go towards your deductible. And he was like, oh, well, that's weird. I'm like, yeah. I'm like, and then once you hit your 1500, then they usually cover it like 80 20 right so they pay 80 percent. you have to pay 20 and then there's your out-of-pocket limit which is usually like twice as much so that's three thousand dollars then once you pay three thousand dollars out of pocket then they'll cover it a hundred percent and i said and you know what happens uh january 1 for the average policy he said what i said they wipe it clean and you have to start at that 1500 again and he looked at me all crooked-eyed and he was like this sounds like fraud <laughs> and i was like Oh, just our just our healthcare system. This is how insurance works. You know, so that 12 visits, they say, you can you might need more than 12 visits, but we're only going to allow you to put 12 visits towards your insurance. And then too, I had a patient um who actually stopped care in my office because of this. Because I wouldn't illegally bill Anthem. <laughs> um, but she's like, I have 12 visits. And I'm like, right, but everything that you fill out says you have no pain. And she was like, well, I don't have pain because I'm getting adjusted. I said, well, I, I I, agree. I want you to keep getting adjusted. She's like, well, I need to use my 12. I was like, but there's nothing. If, you, if you're pain-free, then there's nothing I can send to Anthem. And your, your, uh, yours doesn't cover wellness, which is funny. I just got a letter from Anthem that reminded me that stop sending them wellness. Um, and so she said, you're telling me that they won't pay for me to use my 12 so that I continue to not have hip pain. They would rather have me get hip pain than use my 12 to get out of hip pain. And I had to look at her. I'm like, this is literally, they're not my rules. I just have to play by them. 
if you don't have pain and I send pain into insurance because your insurance is going to pay for it, that's what insurance fraud is. Not committing insurance fraud for your 12 visits. No, go somewhere else and they can commit insurance fraud, but not in my office, right? Like I'm a good Christian office. I sleep really well at night and I will continue to keep running my office like that. It's just wild, super wild, super crazy, right? So, and then two, here's the other Another broken part of it is that there are times that people need more. We have a digital x-ray machine in our office, but there are times that people need more. And so we will refer a patient if they're not seeing results or um, as quickly, we'll send them out for an MRI. It lets us see more um, more uh, soft tissue related. So if there's like disc or cysts or any of that, right? So, Okay. So I went to go, um, I had a patient who had um, pain that just like was not subsiding. And we're like, this is probably a point that you need some additional imaging. And so that's what we did. We got some additional imaging. And so when I called, they were like, hi. I'm like, hi, my name is Dr. Leanne Schluter. I have this patient. She needs an MRI. And they're like, okay, well, in order for it to be approved, you need to answer these questions correctly. Huh. What? Answer what questions? And I'm like, she was like, what is it? And so she named a couple like possibilities that it could be. I said, it's none of those. Sacroiliitis. So your SI joint is like your lower back, kind of that ridge. Your sacrum is your triangle bone. Your ilium is your flared hips. Like if you say, put your hands on your hips right here. Um, so your SI is your sacroiliac joint. It's where those two bones come together. And so I said, an itis, right? We've talked about itis means inflammation, sacroiliitis. And so she could not say it, this poor woman. She had to spell it for me every single time because she, you know, it's a recorded line, all the things. So she would have to spell it for me. She didn't know what it was. She, but she was going to be the one who was in charge of whether or not my patient, which me as their doctor, was going to be able to say, hi, you need alternative imaging. I had another pediatric patient who had to have spinal surgery because she had a tethered cord, which basically means it's like unraveling of the spinal cord. It is very dangerous. Um, anytime you lose bowel or bladder function, it is a huge red flag. And so this pediatric patient comes in, she'd had the surgery previously, comes in, made mention that she was losing function of her bowel and bladder, which is an immediate referral out, immediate. And so I'm like, hi, we're not going to move forward with anything until you have an MRI. And I went through and this insurance company was like, ah, oh, I don't really know. And I was like, well, they gave me like, again, options. Well, what is this closest to? And I said, well, it's none of those. It is literally none of those. I said, here's what it is. And he was like, ma'am, I don't have any medical training or background. I just have to click the boxes. And I'm like, yeah, but you're the one who's responsible on whether or not my patient that like is in this super health compromise situation that needs this right now. You're the one who's in charge of this. Like how absurd is it that we've come to our society that we allow our insurance to dictate our health care? If I say like, it, and believe me, it's not like we refer people out for MRIs for fun. They're not fun. They're expensive, but they are needed. There is a reason why we have those things. They are needed. And so when we get to this point where we're like, oh, I'm only going to do it if my insurance covers it or if they approve it, you're, that is who you're going to put your health in. But when push comes to shove, it does not matter. Like you're, if you look, you can have the best working relationship with your doctor. And I love that. 
but it's still your health. It's your health, it's your responsibility, and it's your choice. And so it is wild to me to we put all of this stock in people who have no idea, who literally either can't say your diagnosis or don't have your diagnosis, don't know if any of the other options are close to what your diagnosis should or could be. And he's going to be the one dictating whether or not because he works for your insurance company. That sounds like a good idea. It's just we, we have to take a step back and think, it is not my doctor's responsibility for my health. It is not my insurance responsibility for my health. It is not my spouse's responsibility for my health. It is my responsibility. And that is just one that I feel like, if anything, from a takeaway today, is really just taking that step back and realizing, one, your health is an asset. Because you know, I always say when you have your health, you don't think much about it. And when you don't have it, you will go to the ends of the earth to get it. Right? Like if you know anyone who has been has gotten a big diagnosis, right? You know, cancer is an example, right? Because one in two men, one in three female uh, get diagnosed with cancer within their lifetime, right? And so it's a high statistic. So that's why I'm going to use that number. And you have that and we see cancer is just like ultimate death sentence. And we're like, but once you get that, you're like, okay, I'll do anything to change. And you're like, the best way to, to, to fight cancer is to, to do what you can to try to not get it to begin with, you know? And it's hard because we do these things, but we, we still have this mindset of it's never going to be me. We have this outlier effect that we're like, yeah, you know, I know people that smoke get cancer, but it's not going to be me. Yeah, I know people who don't eat right and exercise get cancer, but that's not going to be me. And then when it does, you're like, okay, I will go wherever, do whatever, see whoever, travel whatever so I can restore my health. And so it's like, why do we wait for that? And you're like, well, my health as long as insurance covers for it. What? What in the world are we even, what got us here? that we think that they get to dictate our our health. And that's the other thing is that they're not they're not working to get us well. And I can actually prove that there are different and I actually have the the websites from Anthem. So this isn't something I just read online. These are actually um the provider incentive programs and what they entail. Yes, your insurance has incentive programs for the doctors that are in there about your health and i'll share what they are next you're listening to maximize your life with dr leanne we're online with life-changing results and success stories at greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com you're listening to maximize your life with dr leanne hear full shows on the podcast link at freedom95.us here's dr leanne really appreciate you listening. You're listening to Maximize Your Life. I'm Dr. Leanne Schluter, Greenwood Family Chiropractic, 317-893-2853, 317-893-2853, or you can always check us out online, greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com. That's greenwoodfamilychiropractic.com to schedule your first appointment. Today, we are talking about failures in the healthcare system. 
quote-unquote healthcare because really they manage sickness. And so we talked a little bit about insurance and how your health is not the responsibility of anyone but your own. I feel like when when that thought process takes place, when there's a click, when there's a switch, when we when we make that, that is inevitably one that allows for us to take action. But when we sit back and say, oh, you know, one of my my least favorite is when people say, oh, no, like I don't I don't have high blood pressure. And I'm like, yes, you do. They're like, no, I don't. My blood pressure is 120 over 80. I'm like, you're on two medications for blood pressure. That's why your blood pressure is 120 over 80. You still have high blood pressure. It's managed with medication. You don't not have it. It's managed. You still have diabetes. It's managed with medication, right? Like those are ones you've had to look at. So here inevitably too is where I feel like this is probably one of the most eye-opening for people. And I was reaffirmed with that when I was telling my radio producer earlier about what I was going to talk about and read it to him. His eyes got really big and he said, what? People need to know this. And I was like, oh yeah, it's one of those. Do you ever have that situation? Do you ever have that situation where you know of something for so long that when other individuals hear it for the first time, they're like in shock and in awe and your brain just thinks like, oh, did you, I thought everyone knew this. Like, I thought this was just general knowledge. Like, oh, interesting. So now here's where it is. I know that doctors become doctors and nurses become nurses to help people. So I want to get that. Not any of these people I don't think had ill intention. But I know that I personally have interacted with a lot of nurses and medical doctors who are in the hospital system who are jaded. They are unfortunately because they're they're um how they care for patients is massively dictated i have an individual who um like wants to teach patients more he wants to lead them on getting to the cause and not just masking the symptom and he is getting massive pushback from the hospital system because in order for him to explain to educate, that's, a, that's the word I'm looking for, to educate, to give action steps, to give goals, he needs time. But here's the problem is that time is money. And hospitals are dictated by insurance. So if insurance says, hey, we're going to pay you when you see a patient, we're, let's say we're going to give you um, $50. But it has to be you know, 20 minutes is the time that you get with them. And he's like, I actually need more than that. And they're like, well, no, because next year they're going to take that $50 and they're going to cut it down to 45. And we still need to make the same amount of money. So you need to see an extra patient each day. So they're like scrambling. So it's like, that's a good question. Here are some pages. Here are some research. Good luck. Right? Like you're off on your own. And there's not that consistency and there's not that follow through and to no fault of their own. It is unfortunately the system that they've been put into. And so this is where insurance companies allow for dictation. So when we say, you know what, if my doctor recommends it, 
then I know that this is what's right for me, right? I know that this is what I'm supposed to do. He has my best interest at heart. (sighs) And so yes, maybe, but also this is one where most people don't realize that insurance companies have incentive programs for doctors. And I will tell you this, that you don't have to be like, I'm going to fact check this. I'm, I'm literally on the Provider Anthem website. Um, so one of these is from, this is Bulletin. It's a Provider Bulletin uh, from December of 2021. And it is about the COVID-19 Vaccine Provider Incentive Program for children ages 5 to 11. And so, right, Anthem says getting vaccinated against COVID-19 is one of the best and safest way people can protect themselves. The research on age 5 to 11 is very, very minuscule. So they have, um, this is for Kentucky, The uh, COVID-19 Vaccine Provider Incentive Program is open to you if you are participating in Kentucky's primary care provider with Anthem, Blue Cross, and Blue Shield. Um, Here's how you qualify. How can you qualify for a bonus? As you continue to help patients, this is verbatim, as you continue to help patients towards COVID-19 vaccinations, your practice will receive $50 per Anthem member aged 5 to 11, 11 vaccinated by May 31st of 2022. Yep. They're like, hey, if you have kids come in and they have Anthem, if you give them the COVID-19 vaccine, you get 50 bucks. And that's just one. It doesn't say plural. It doesn't say they have to have the first one, the second one, and their booster. So I would assume that it would be that for an individual, a child, Anthem member aged 5 to 11, you could probably get anywhere from $50 to $150. Which, if you are having a higher volume practice, which most of these doctor's offices do, you have to think about how much money they're getting alone just in COVID-19 vaccination. And they don't call them kickbacks, right? They call them provider incentive. They're like, hey, here's what we want you to do. So do it and we'll give you extra money. Now you tell me if you think that that puts that patient's one, imagine you're a patient, you go in and they're like, hey, just want to let you know, uh, if you get this vaccine today, I get 50 bucks. I really think you should get it. Do you think that would change your mind? Because it would 100% would for me. If they said, hey, I just want to let you know that I most definitely have um, some other motive that might be behind this, right? Conflict of interest, maybe. They say, um, no big deal. <laughs> Here's, and that's just for one. That is for one child. What if you're doing multiple children? just wild to me. So we say, oh, but that's just Kentucky, right? That's definitely not the other ones. There's actually one. It's Illinois Blue Cross and Blue Shield uh, pays your doctor up to $40,000 bonus for fully vaccinating 100 patients. So they have up to $400 per patient uh, under the age of two if they ensure that they are fully vaccinated. But here's the catch under the um, Blue Cross and Blue Shield rules, 
pediatricians in the practice lose the entire bonus unless at least 63% of patients are fully vaccinated. And that includes the flu vaccine. So it's not just $400 per child. It could be the whole bonus, which is why you will see more so now that if they're like, I don't want to get the flu shot. I want to do a delayed schedule. I don't want to do them at all. Uh, doctors will dismiss you from care because it messes up their bonus system. Well, that's just Illinois and Kentucky. What about California? Oh, so great. Again, providers, Anthem.com. Healthy Rewards Program. The Healthy Rewards Program helps you increase your quality scores and our members earn rewards. Right? So they're like, hey, doctors, we're going to reward you. And so what, what are the reward systems? Okay, well, let's see. Um, child and adolescent wellness visits. Childhood immunization status, combo of 10. So between uh, ages zero and one, so this stops at the second birthday, they get $25 per member. Uh, immunization combo two, uh, ages 11 to 12, stops at 13th birthday. Again, $25 per member. And you're like, oh, okay. That's really not that much, $25. And you're like, okay, but if you see how many kids and you see that many kids five days a week, what does that number equate to? Here's where it gets even more interesting. They, <laughs> when you're like, hey, doctor, I want to get off my medication, right? Not me, doctor, right? Like your medical doctor. And you say, hey, I really want to figure out like, what can I do? I don't want to take this high blood pressure for the rest of my medication for the rest of my life. Is there anything that I can do? And they say, oh, I don't know. It's probably your genes and you can try, but right? Or you just think that they don't feel like they want to work with you for this. Uh, healthy, the uh, healthy activities, the incentive program. If you have a high blood pressure medication refill, this goes for male or female aged 18 to 75, you get $10 as a doctor per quarter, $10 per quarter. So max a year, if you keep refilling that blood pressure medication, you get $40 for that patient. ADHD medication for children who are aged 6 to 12, $10 a quarter. So max $40 for that child on Ritalin, right? Keep prescribing it. Antidepressant medication management, uh, males and females age 18 and older, $10 once a quarter, max $40. I mean, so again, when we come on here and we say, hey, you know what? I'm 100% going to listen to my doctor. I do think you should listen to your doctor, right? Though that being said, these are the thought processes that you have to have when we're like, is there something else? Is there an incentivizing tool, a healthy rewards program, a provider incentive program that they might have? And the problem with this conflict of interest is that it is not required to be told to the patient. And so, you know, I've had babies. I go to the doctor for annual blood work and, you know, I'm a patient myself. Though I am a doctor, I'm not a medical doctor. I am a doctor and I'm a patient. And it gives me such a good perspective on how I would like to be treated, whether it be from the cleanliness of the bathroom, right, to the interaction that I have with their, their um, check-in staff, right, to how long did I have to wait for the doctor? What was their response? Did they answer all of my questions? All of those things I look at because I want to be that doctor for my patients, 
And, and so I do look at it differently, I think, than kind of the average person who comes in. But again, if I was to have someone in my ear chirping saying, hey, if you give this patient this, I'll give you 50 bucks. If you give all your patients, just give all of your patients this. Not because maybe you think they need them or don't, but like if you give your patients this one thing, I'll give you $50 every time they come in to get it. Like would my, even though I might think, right? Like I might think like it doesn't bear any weight on my decision. In the back of your mind, how does it not? Like how, how does it not? How, if you were in California, if I was to walk into a doctor's office in California, and know that if my doctor kept prescribing it to me, that he made money, I would feel differently. And so again, my thing is that I'm grateful for medicine. There is a time and a place. But I feel like one of the best assets that you could have, right? The, the best weapon you can have kind of in your, remember, feather in your cap or like in your pocket is ask more questions get more definitive answers and and know that again we're all human I know that they're there to help but you have to start navigating through differently if you want to achieve true health care right like you can do all of these screenings a diabetic screening do you know when you find out you're diabetic after you're diabetic cancer screening you know when they found cancer after you already have cancer and it's great early detection is important but that's not actual prevention and to know that my doctor was incentivized by some of these things truly makes me look differently at the way I view all of this. And so if you didn't know, now you do. And it allows you to navigate through healthcare systems better. And you see the brokenness behind it. Hopefully you got some good information today. I look forward to next week. Always remember that your power is on. Music.